In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I see that some of you got the memo that today is St. Francis Sunday. And we love St. Francis here at the cathedral. We even have a St. Francis chapel. Did you know that? If you didn't, it's right outside the nave to the right as you exit the nave. And you'll see there a St. Francis statue and St. Francis stained glass windows. In that window, you read words from a prayer attributed to the saint, Lord, make us channels of your peace. And you see the saint himself standing in his simple brown robe, his left hand reaching up to welcome or release a bright red bird, and his right hand reaching down to touch a furry, gray, four-legged creature. Now, you might think it's a dog, a well-behaved dog like many of the ones with us today, because it's looking up at him so submissively, so adoringly, but it's not a dog. It's a wolf. A wolf from one of the most famous stories about St. Francis, Francis and the Wolf of Gubbio. And the story goes like this. There was a wolf terrorizing the small town of Gubbio, where Francis was staying. It had eaten some livestock, and I'm sorry to say, even some people. The villagers were scared naturally, and they went about armed and didn't dare go beyond the city walls. Francis saw their plight, had compassion on them, and wanted peace which meant going out to the wolf. Now, everyone told him it was too dangerous, an impossible mission. But Francis had hope. Hope in Christ and hope in the possibility of peace. So off he went to meet the wolf, unarmed. When he entered the woods, the beast came charging at him, its mouth open, its teeth bared. And Francis stood still and firm, and he made the sign of the cross over the wolf, over himself, we don't know, but whatever, the wolf slowed down, and Francis called gently, come to me, brother wolf, and he commanded it not to hurt anyone. The wolf came. The wolf came and lay at Francis's feet, and so he spoke again, Brother wolf, you have done great harm, and you deserve great punishment, even death. But I want to make peace between you and this people, so that you don't harm them anymore, and they don't harm you. The wolf assented with a nod of its head and a swish of its tail as if that's what it had wanted all along. And just as Francis had had compassion on the villagers, he had compassion on the wolf 
too, he recognized the fierce hunger that was behind the wolf's attacks. And he promised the wolf that the people would feed it. Of course, after all the harm done, they would need some convincing, and the wolf would have to earn their trust. So Francis had the wolf begin by making a pledge, by placing its paw in Francis's hand. And then Francis led the wolf back into the town. And he stood between the beast and the people it had hurt. And before they could react, Francis preached. He preached a sermon about fear, who and what to really fear, and a sermon about repentance, about returning to God. It was a way of reminding this people of who they really were, reminding them of the goodness that persisted in them, even in conflict, even in terror. Then he told them about the wolf's promise and asked a promise from them, too, to give the wolf food. It was a big ask. I said that already. It was a big ask considering their history. And so Francis had the wolf repeat its pledge. The wolf knelt down and again placed its paw in Francis's hand. And the wolf stayed. The wolf stayed and the people fed it every day. And it gave them protection and companionship. And when the wolf died two years later, the villagers grieved because this wolf had become their brother. That's the end of the story of the wolf of Gubbio, but we've known other wolves too, haven't we? Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Well, everyone, really. The wolf is this vivid, primal, archetypal image that evokes so many various fears dangers, enemies, forces beyond our control, problems, conflicts, cycles of violence or misunderstanding or hostility that we can't see our way out of. What do you see in the wolf? What does your wolf look like? Whatever it represents, the wolf, both as a beast and as a metaphor, Francis, following Jesus, answered it with compassion and gentleness and truth. Now, this may seem supremely naive, counterintuitive. Brave and selfless things often do. And it was brave and selfless of Francis to face this big bad wolf unarmed, to stand between it and the villagers, and to speak the truth to both. It was brave and selfless of him to honor the needs and hurts of both villagers and wolf, and to see 
the goodness, to appeal to the goodness in both of them. Indeed, this is one of Francis's great charisms, one of his great spiritual gifts, his ability or willingness to see the divine reflected in all God's creation and all God's people. His ability and willingness to reveal to the world its essentially good and holy face. It is a sacred befriending. And it's connected to another spiritual gift that Francis possessed, seeing and trusting the essential unity that underlies all creation and living out of that sense of oneness, trusting in that sense of oneness with God and others, earth and all its creatures. I don't know how Francis came to this charism. I suspect it had a lot to do with the grace of God, but also with his very committed prayer life. According to some versions of the Wolf of Gubbio, Francis spent a whole night in prayer before meeting the people and meeting the wolf, which makes sense, really, if you think about it. How else could he have been so courageous, so firm and compassionate to both the wolf and the people? How else could he have done that? Only, only by being grounded himself. Francis, you know, was known for humility, and humility has to do with the ground. Francis could do what he did only by being grounded himself in the ground of all being, and of all beings, and even of all of his own being. Only by contemplating, by receiving God's love for his whole self, for all of him, even, even the wolves that raged inside. That's right. Not, not all of our wolves are outside of us, are they? There are wolves inside, too. Francis had them, and we do, too. There are the stormy feelings of anger, sadness, fear, shame, embarrassment. There are the grudges we can't let go of or won't. The memories we wish we didn't have, the hungers we can't satisfy. And we may react by taking up arms like the villagers of Gubbio and fighting against them, which may only make them hungrier, more ferocious, more frightening. What would it be like? If instead, we too put down our arms and strove to be calmly present to these wolves also, to call them brother or sister, to look upon them with gentleness and compassion. What if they too, like the wolf of Gubbio, are just 
hungry and lonely and need to be tended to, need to be befriended and heard. Now, to be clear, this does not mean accepting the problems or hardships or injustices or hurts behind them. It doesn't mean causing more harm by giving free reign to toxicity or toxic energy or by acting out in destructive ways on negative emotions. On the contrary, it's simply about listening to and tending to the wolves inside in a way that might help us discover a new relationship with them, that might help us even discover the divine revealed in and present in them. And that, my friends, that helps us see God's revelation, God's presence, and love elsewhere, too, everywhere in all creation, in wolves and lambs, sun, moon, stars, water, rich and poor, friend and foe, wolves without and wolves within, even life and death. Yes, Brother Francis called even death his sister. This naming of all life, all life around us and in us as brother or sister, as mother or father, as friend, it is a wonderful spiritual practice, and I commend it to you. It opens our eyes, it opens our hearts to our mysterious kinship with God's creation, and it affects in turn, how we relate to it, how we treat and honor God's creation, all God's creatures and all God's people. And once we glimpse this holy kinship of all things and people in God, once we glimpse this eternal unity, we begin to see it And we begin to seek it everywhere. And that, my friends, is, I believe, the beginning of peace. Lord, make us servants of your peace. Amen.